Shalom. My name is Adam, and I welcome you to the parable of the vineyard. Every day, Yahuwah is waking up a remnant, a group of people who are coming out of deceptions, realizing our walk is to consist of faith and obedience to His righteous commands. Each week, we read through and examine a portion of the Torah, allowing the Spirit of the Most High to guide, teach, and open our eyes and ears to the wondrous matters out of His law. Join us as we seek to be refined by His Word, preparing ourselves for the return of our King of Kings, being faithful and obedient, walking in His way, truth, and life. Shabbat Shalom and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream of our Torah portion reading. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. This is week 42. We're going to be covering Numbers 30 through 32, so three chapters. Uh, it's going to be talking about vows. We're going to be talking about uh, um, the words coming out of our mouth, how important they are. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, Israel destroying Midian and um, some of the tribes getting some of their um, inheritances allocated to them. So with that, let's pray and get into our study tonight. Father Yahuwah Most High, we just thank you so much for Yahusha, your son, sending him for us for the forgiveness of our sins and to be our perfect example. Oh, Yahuwah, thank you for giving us of your Holy Spirit, your Ruach HaKodesh, uh, to convict us of sin, to guide us in the right way, oh, Yahuwah. And we just always know that all praise and all honor and glory is due to you. And we just thank you for opening our eyes to the wondrous matters out of your Torah. And thank you for the Shabbat. Thank you for your rest. Oh, Yahweh Most High. In Yahushua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's do Shofar Blast and we'll get into it. All right, here we are. Numbers chapter 30, verse 1. And, uh, and Moshe spoke unto the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Yashorel, saying, This is the thing which Yahuwah has commanded. If a man vow a vow unto Yahuwah, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. If a woman also vow a vow unto Yahuwah, and bind herself by a bond, being in her father's house in her youth, and her father hear her vow, and her bond wherewith she has bound her soul, and her father shall hold his peace at her, then all her vows shall stand, and every bond wherewith she has bound her soul shall stand. But if her father disallow her in the day that he hears, not any of her vows, or hear, oh, I'm sorry, or of her bonds wherewith she has bound her soul shall stand. And Yahweh shall forgive her, because her father disallowed her. And if she had at all a man when she vowed, or uttered aught out of her lips, wherewith she bound her soul, and her man heard it, and held his peace at her in the day that he heard it, then her vows shall stand, and her bonds wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. But if her man disallowed her on the day that he heard it, then he shall make her vow which she vowed, and that which she uttered with her lips, wherewith she bound her soul, of no effect. And Yahweh shall forgive her. 
But every vow of a widow and of her that is divorced, wherewith they have bound their souls, shall stand against her. And if she vowed in her man's house or bound her soul by a bond with an oath, and her man heard it and held his peace at her and disallowed her not, then all her vows shall stand and every bond wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. But if her man has utterly made them void on the day he heard them, then whatsoever proceeded out of her lips concerning her vows or concerning the bond of her soul shall not stand. Her man has made them void, and Yahweh shall forgive her. Every vow and every binding oath to afflict the soul, her man may establish it, or her man may make it void. But if her man altogether hold his peace at her from day to day, then he establishes all her vows or all her bonds which are upon her. He confirms them, because he held his peace at her in the day that he heard them. But if he shall anyways make them void after that he has heard them, then he shall bear her iniquity. These are the statutes which Yahweh commanded Moshe between a man and his woman, between the father and his daughter, being yet in her youth in her father's house. So that's chapter 30, short passage or short chapter. And uh, what did we learn from this? Well, we're going to dig in, of course. Um, you know, this is specifically dealing with vows. And I know that not everything we say is technically a vow, but, you know, it did have, it did have these kind of stern words here that says, um, oh, right here. He shall not break his word. And I think that's the kind of people we should be. We shouldn't be the kind of people who be like, tell somebody something, and then they're like, well, didn't you say you were going to do this? And you can say, well, I didn't vow. That's not going to work, right? Of course. That's not going to work at all. We should be people that we do what comes out of our mouth, and we know that words have power. Um and so what comes out of our mouth in general is of extreme importance. So let's read this. Matthew 12, 36 through 37. But I tell you that for every careless word that people speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. So this isn't just like, oh, oh well, it's not a vow. So it doesn't really matter. No, that's not a thing. Messiah here is clearly telling us if there's any confusion about that passage we just read in Numbers, Messiah is clarifying that every word that comes out of our mouth is important. Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Again, you have heard the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to Yahuwah. But I say to you, take no oath at all, neither by heaven, for it is the throne of Elohim, nor by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you take an oath by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Make sure your statement is, yes, Yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil origin. Deuteronomy 23, 21 through 23. When you make a vow to Yahweh your Elohim, you shall not delay to pay it. For Yahweh your Elohim will certainly require it of you, and it will be a sin for you. However, if you refrain from making vows, it will not be a sin for you. You shall be careful and perform what goes out of your lips, since in fact you have vowed a voluntary offering to Yahweh your Elohim, whatever you have promised. I think this passage right here in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 is really the heart of what Messiah was saying. I don't think he was saying like... Oh, it's a sin to make a vow. Well, because we know that there's the Nazarite vow, which some people even say that Messiah took. That's it's not very clear that you know. But Paul took it after, um, or at least he was in the vow after the the death, burial, and resurrection of Messiah. So, I don't I don't think a vow is um, wrong to do. But I think this is the heart of what Messiah was saying: is like don't don't swear at all. 
You know, because if you're not going to keep your word, check this out. Ecclesiastes 5, 2 through 7. Do not be quick with your mouth or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of Elohim. For Elohim is in heaven and you are on the earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For the dream comes through much effort and the voice of a fool through many words. When you make a vow to Elohim, do not be late in paying it. For he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you not vow than to vow and not pay. I think this is really the heart of what Messiah was saying. Do not let your speech cause you to sin and do not say in the presence of the messenger of Elohim that it was a mistake. Why should Elohim be angry on account of your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For in many dreams and in many words, there is futility. Rather, fear Elohim. Luke 6.45 The good person out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. So words matter, and honestly, what comes out of our mouths is is an indicator of what's inside. It's part of the fruit. Fruit is not just our words, because people can deceive with words. Fruit is a combination of what comes out of people's mouths, what their actions are, how they treat others, their worship to Yah. These are fruits to, to determine. So nevertheless, um, Proverbs 16, 1 through 3 says, The plans of the heart belong to a person, but the answer of the tongue is from Yahuwah. All the ways of a person are clean in his own sight, but Yahuwah examines the motives. Commit your works to Yahuwah, and your plans will be established. Or in another translation, your heart will be established. So if you're like thinking to yourself, oof, the things that are coming out of my mouth are not really uh, pure. Because going back to what Messiah says, really the, the, the whole thing, the whole point I wanted to drive here was really this right here. Messiah is saying that uh, every idle word or every careless word that you speak is going to be, uh, will give account on the day of judgment. It's like <laughs> in a similar way, um, you know, I used to watch like cops and um Oh, what was it? Uh, what was the one that, that was on not too recently got canceled? Life PD. You know, when, they, when they're arresting someone, anything you say can... You have the right to remain silent. So if you just want to be quiet and just go on with the process, fine. But anything you say can and will be used against you. And so in a similar way, like if we're all going to stand before the judgment seat, like what the words that come out of our mouth are going to be... are all recorded and it's going to be right there. So, but on that's this is on a on a very you know this is on a um, that's on this is on a very end times you know uh, um, discussion. But what on on a much smaller scale, but also on a big scale, is how like on our interactions with each other. um, You know, when we tell someone we're going to do something, we should do it. We should be a man or a woman of our own word. The Psalm says something here really interesting. Uh, I'm going to read Psalm 15. It says, Yahweh, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? He that walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He that backbites not with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honors them that fear Yahweh. Now listen to this. He that swears to his own hurt and changes not. So this is someone that you know, says something, and even if it hurts him fulfilling it, he's going to do it because he's a man or a woman of their word. Um, let's look at Psalm 37. Uh, where was it? I 
I think I might have accidentally put this here anyways. Yeah, here. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of judgment. The Torah of Elohim in his, is in his heart, and none of his steps shall slide. So, anyways, the point being is we need to be people, we should be coming to a point where we're people that are cleansed inside, that the words that come out of our mouth come from a pure heart and from a place of purity and love and joy and shalom and kindness and gentleness, long suffering. All these things should be the qualities of the fruits of our lips. So, um, so that was the first part about chapter 30, which really, of course, at the end of the day, um, he should do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. And I don't think, again, I don't think it should be people, people saying, well, I didn't make an oath or I didn't make a vow. It's not a big deal. Eh, either your word, either your word is trust, trustworthy or it's not. Either your word is sure or it's not. So just some things to consider. The other thing we see here, it's kind of interesting is uh, we see once again, that Yah is showing the authority in the home, the structure um, that the man has authority over the wife because if the wife makes a vow, uh, you know, but the husband has the ability to say, no, 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 you're not going to vow that. In Yah's eyes, the vow is gone. It's cleansed. It's clean. It's done. Uh, same thing with a father over his daughter. Um, and so just a reminder, um, a reminder because the world is, we have to consistently stay in the word to keep, keep us grounded in the truth because the world is teaching something completely different. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're doing away with the hierarchy in the home, uh, through TV and, and through, through, uh, movies and TV shows, they're showing you, uh, completely, a completely, uh, this is, and this is like, I stopped watching TV like seven, eight years ago. And I remember TV shows were like, they were showing the kids as kind of like really the hidden, uh, boss of the house. You know, the, the parents are just some bumbling fools and, the child is the only smart one in the house and they're running the parents and, or, you know, likewise, the, the wife runs the house, you know, is, is boss over the husband. The husband is just some passive, like, oh, yes, honey, I'll do whatever you say. Genesis 3.16, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In sorrow, you shall bring forth children and your desire shall be to your husband and he shall rule over you. That's the authority. The authority has been given to the man. Now, at the same time, though, um, I, I think, some men have uh, have abused and misused this authority to be like tyrants in the home. Matthew, uh, and, and so Messiah clears for us what a leader looks like. Matthew 20, 25 through 28. But Yahushua called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister or servant or and look look how look how Messiah acted, right? And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So Messiah is a perfect example. So men, even though we are uh, the ordained leaders from Yah in our homes, um, doesn't mean we need to be ruling with you know an iron fist in the home and and being like a lion in the home or being frantic among our servants as Sirach. 29 429 says um but we should serve we should we should serve our, our our families serve our wives be a good example john 13 12 through 15 so after he had washed their feet he had taken his garments and was set down again he said unto them know you what i have done unto you you call me master uh, master and adonai and you say very well for so i am 
If I then, your master, not on I, have washed your feet, you you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. 1 Peter 3, 1-7 Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, who is adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating of the hair and of the wearing of the gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of Elohim of great price. For after this manner in old time, the holy women also who trusted in Elohim adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him master, whose daughters you are as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife, like we're supposed to honor them, as unto the weaker vessel, that's what he said, not me, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So the the long story short here is that the man has the authority in the home and we need to recognize this. And this is just another, we're reading Torah, we want to walk in Torah. Well, the man should have the authority in the home. I think he should treat the wife with respect and love and courtesy and want to serve her and make sure all of her needs are taken care of, the children, um, and and deal with the wife with, with all the fruits of the Spirit, with love, with joy, with shalom, with gentleness, with meekness, with uh, long-suffering, kindness, self-control. And that's, I think that's going to, that's what exemplifies a good leader but at the end of the day like when a hard decision needs to be made and um, I believe ultimately I think the two should be count taking counsel together but if it's kind of like a I think the man should have the final say and the final authority in the home and I believe that's what Yah has given and that's why you see like in the in the garden of course the transgression really came through Eve and Eve kind of deceived her husband and when when Yah came who did he, who did he who did he ask Adam what have you done? And Adam was like, well, right, I'm not going to, you know, it sounded like he kind of passed the buck. He could have been like, hey, please forgive me, you know, and I'm not going to get on Adam because I'm sure he was a way better guy than I was. And I'm not judging him. I'm just, we're looking at Torah. We're looking at facts. We're looking at how we can learn from our ancestors to grow and to be set apart, be holy, like Yahweh's holy. And part of the structure of the home is part of being holy. Uh, so anyways uh, going on to Numbers 31 and Yahweh spoke unto Moshe saying avenge the children of Yashrael of the Midianites afterwards shall you be gathered unto your people and Moshe spoke unto the people saying arm some of yourselves unto war and let them go against the Midianites and avenge Yahweh Midian of every tribe a thousand throughout all the tribes of Yashrael shall you send to the war so there were delivered out of the thousands of Yashrael, a thousand of every tribe, 12,000 armed for. I'm going to pause there really quickly because, you know, I find it just interesting. There's some, there's always some parallels, the beginning and the end. The Torah is the beginning. The book of Revelation is kind of the end. And of course, in, I'm not going to read it all here, but Revelation 7, um, we see here that, um, you know, before any destruction can come on the earth, the 144,000 are sealed. And what we see here is 12,000 from each tribe selected what I believe is for to be the army with Yahusha. I believe these are the 10,000s um, that we read in the book of Enoch that uh, Yahusha gathers and makes war with the nations. 
um, that's who I believe they are. So we see some similar patterns here. I believe that uh, the end times is going to consist of a lot more than 144,000 people because you see here, after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude. I believe all this happens at the same time, even though it says after this, when you look at this Greek word, it really means with this, um, or it's really, it depends on the translator's um, bias. But um, anyways, the point is, I, I believe that this is what we're seeing in the end times in, in 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe is selected, gathered together for war, making war with the nations. Let's keep going. And Moshe sent them to war, a thousand of every tribe, them and Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest to war with the holy instruments and the trumpets to blow in his hand. So here's another example of just the warriors being at the front of the battle and the instruments being weapons of war. And honestly, that's why uh, at Hebrew Fest, it was just three days of just praise and worship to Yah. When it was all over, you know, um, we, uh, I just felt like, you know, we got together and we were, we were reflecting and I really felt like we were rejoicing in a, in a spiritual battle that was won. Um, and so I just want to encourage you guys out there. If some of you are thinking of picking up an instrument and just playing to the glory of Yah, now's the time to do it. You know, um, I really believe that Yah is giving his, a lot of his end times messages, not just through teachers and through YouTube and through, of course, local assemblies, but I think through music. And I'm really starting to, to see that, that the message is being put out there by music, through musicians. And so some of you musicians that are already playing, um, you know, and maybe it's time to, to really, you're like, you know, maybe you've been like, oh, well, I've been thinking about singing a song to Yao or writing a song, and I just never seem to have time. Let me just say something. If it was important enough to you, you'd make time. And so I ask, is it important to sing to Yah? To read the book of Psalms, I think you'll find at least 20 exhortations to sing to him like sing to him come on it's so awesome literally that's part of the meaning of life in my opinion is singing to yah or playing skillfully before him so not everyone's a sorry it's not everyone's a singer some of us like me i just like playing i just like playing the guitar like i don't care what it is bass electric acoustic i love playing the strings and i enjoy playing to his glory and it's not too late. I just started playing three and a half years ago. And I'm not saying that the music is great, but hey, we're making music to ya. Even if it's amateur stuff. It doesn't have to be the greatest. I don't think we're judged on how perfect it is. I don't know about you. Like when my children like sing, and even if it's way off pitch, or if they're just strumming the ukulele and it sounds terrible, but it's a beautiful like it brings tears to my eyes when my kid, my children want to sing to Yah, or you know, or it's just like you don't think Yah's like that, you know. You don't think he's like he only accepts the perfect. I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for him, but the kind of character I see from him, I would see that he would see the effort that we put forth to it. And you know, if you're gonna pick up an instrument or pick it back up, you know what I did? Every almost I can't say without fail because sometimes I forget, but most of the time, especially when in the learning phase, I'm still in the learning phase. I would just pray, ask Abba, you know, hey, can you teach me this instrument? You teach me. I don't want man to teach me. I want you to teach me. Your Ruach can teach anything. Can you teach me the strings? And over time, just, you know, in practice, yeah, but you got to put time in. You're not going to just pick up an instrument and just, you know, be playing it perfectly or even singing. Singing your throat, you know, your vocals is an instrument. Anyways, a lot of exhortation to, to sing praises to him. All I'm saying is like, it's time to stand up and sing praises to the Most High. He deserves it. The book of uh, Baruch says, is a prayer to Yah. Baruch says, 
if every hair of my head had a voice, I would still, I'm thinking about every strand of hair. If every hair had a voice and a mouth and lips, I still would not be able to sing you the amount of praise that you deserve. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've been giving that a lot of homework, uh, you know, whatever. Some people don't like it. Some do. Your homework uh, to, to read a, an awesome story with your children, with your family, is Second Chronicles 20. It's the story of Jehoshaphat and a battle that was impossible, but they won because Yahweh was with them, and they were instructed to put all the singers and all the musicians up in the front lines of the battle. <laughs> Why do you think the 144,000 are just sitting there playing with their kitaras, and they're going to be the warriors, right? All right, let's keep going. Um, so music, uh, what is, what is Lyndon Ruth singing that one song? Uh, a weapon is a worship of Yahuwah. Our weapon is our worship of Yahuwah. When we sing your name, the devil has to run. All right, I'll let them sing it. It's the, <laughs> they're much better. <laughs> but it's true. It, those lyrics are absolutely true. Numbers 31, verse 7. And they warred against the Midianim as Yahuwah commanded Moshe. And they slew all the males. And they slew the kings of Midian beside the rest of them that were slamed, slamed, slain. Namely, Evi, Rechem, and Sur, and Horai. Uh, Reva, the five kings of Midian, Bilam, the son of Beor, they slew with a sword. See ya. And the children of Yash, uh, that was that was kind of that was not a good little comment. Sorry, that's not a good example. But wicked man, wicked man saw his end. But it says not to even rejoice over the downfall of your enemies. So forgive me. Numbers thirty-one nine. And the children of Yashrael took all the women of Midian captives and their little ones, and took the spoil of all their cattle, and all their flocks, and all their goods. And they burnt all their cities wherein they dwelt, and all their goodly castles with fire. And they took all the spoil and all the prey, both of men and of beasts. And they brought the captives and the prey and the spoil unto Moshe and Eleazar the priest, unto the assembly of the children of Yashrael, unto the camp at the plains of Moab, which are by the Yardan near Jericho. And Moshe and Eleazar the priest and all the princes of the assembly went forth to meet them without the camp. And Moshe was wroth with the officers of the host, with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, which came from the battle. And Moshe said unto them, Have ye saved all the women alive? Behold, these caused the children of Yashrael through the counsel of Balaam to commit transgression against Yahuwah in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the assembly of Yahuwah. Now therefore kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman that has known man by lying with him. But all the women children that you have not known a man, oh, I'm sorry, but all the women children that have not known a man by lying with him, keep alive for yourselves. Now, uh, my wife and I were... Um, laying in bed reading the Torah portion together last night and uh, I just pop, I stopped here right here and I'm just like how did how did they know like how did they know who was who um, eh, you know this is probably a pretty sensitive uh, conversation um, you know definitely not for in front of the children but I'm just like that that was to me I was like how does how does that even especially with all the thousands they're dealing with like how did they know how did they didn't know didn't know but this is not, you know, this is obviously not uh, uh, really important or relevant to our walk. So I'm not going to really dig too deep into that. But um, maybe, you know, if you've got a an idea, I'm, I'm a questions guy. I've mentioned before, uh, one of the reasons I love research is because I have questions and I have more questions. You know, I'm, I was definitely that child where you asked your parents something. They were like, well, because of this and this. And I'm like, well, why? Well, maybe because of that. But 
why? Like, why that? And anyways, um, so like how? And if you have an answer to this, maybe not, this is not an appropriate conversation for, for uh, comments. Maybe email me on this one. Would, would love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, I'm just, I just drew, drew blanks. And, you know, some people would read these passages and they would be like, oh, you know, like people like, uh, you know, renowned atheists, I'm not even going to mention their name, would be like, read passages like this. And they're like, oh, this is the God you want to serve, huh? Blah, blah, blah. Listen, I, what is this is what I know. Revelation 19.2 says, For his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants. So what we learn like in Jeremiah that um, when families were serving false gods, it was like a whole household endeavor. Like the ch- the children would go get the wood, uh, or the sticks to kindle the fire, and the father would kindle the fire. The woman would bake the cakes for the queen of heaven. And so, what I'm saying is, we don't know the whole story here. Before you want to judge the creator of heaven and earth, who is a righteous judge, who knows? I mean, these people were doing all sorts of wicked abominations. They were burning their children in the fire. They were, you know, we know that other nations. We don't know if they were Midian specifically. Other nations were involved in community wide. Um, parties where you know there's swapping of you know wives in the household and i mean you know what they call that i know there's children watching this so uh, who you know they could have done all sorts of wicked things that you know even the the children deserved the, the whole family deserved um all i know is that um i trust the most high with his judgments completely he's a trustworthy he's a trustworthy elohim we know this also, Second Ezra seven nineteen through twenty five. We know that keeping the commandments of the Most High brings life; obedience brings death, and that seems as though just judgment was brought. This is Second Ezra seven, uh, Second Ezra seven nineteen through twenty five. And he said to me, "You are not a better judge than Elohim, or wiser than the Most High. Let many perish who are now living, rather than the law of Elohim, which is set before them, be disregarded." For Elohim strictly commanded those who came into the world, when they came, what they should do to live, and what they should observe to avoid punishment. Nevertheless, they were not obedient and spoke against him. They devised for themselves vain thoughts and proposed to themselves wicked frauds. They even declared that the Most High does not exist. What, what does the world teach and sing today? And they ignored his ways. They scorned his law. They denied his covenants and have been unfaithful to his statutes and have not performed his works. Therefore, Ezra Empty things are for the empty and full things are for the full. But by the way, I know we always have new uh, brothers and sisters watching. If you're like, what's Second Ezra? Uh, this was included in the 1611 KJV under the Apocrypha section. It was considered scripture for a long time. It was removed in the 1800s through the dispensational movement. So anyways, moving forward, Numbers 31:19, And do you abide without the camp seven days? And whosoever has killed any person and whatsoever has touched any slain, purify both yourselves and your captives on the third day and on the seventh day. And purify all your raiment and all that is made of skins and all work of goat's hair and all things made of wood. And Eleazar the priest said unto the men of war which went to the battle, This is the ordinance of the Torah which Yahweh commanded Moshe. Only the gold, the silver, the brass, the iron, the tin, and the lead. Everything that may abide the fire, you shall make it go through the fire, and it shall be clean. Nevertheless, it shall be purified with the water of separation, and all that abides not the fire, you shall make go through the water. So you see these vessels need to be cleansed before coming into the camp. Uh, it's kind of interesting in a much uh, different way, but in a very parallel 
parallel way for us to go into the kingdom we also have to pass through the fire and be cleansed i'll, I'll explain my position in just a second through scripture second timothy 2 19 through 21 says nevertheless which by the way the preceding verses talked all about leaving iniquity Nevertheless, the foundation of Elohim stands sure, having this seal. Yahweh knows them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of Messiah depart from iniquity, lawlessness. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself of these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work here. So we see vessels of gold and silver and, and etc. Uh, and we see here the same thing. Uh, only the gold, the silver, the brass, the iron, the tin, the lead, the only those things can come in, but they've got to be cleansed. And so in a similar way, Paul is talking and saying in a similar way that we are these vessels in his house. And it says, if a man therefore purge himself of these iniquity, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Likewise, 1 Corinthians 3, 13 through 15 says, every man's work shall be made manifest on display for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work what sort it is if any man's work abide which he has built upon thereon he shall receive a reward if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved saved yet so as by fire malachi 3 1 through 3 behold i will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me and the master whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, says Yahweh Sebaot. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. So Yahushua himself is like a refiner's fire. We learned that a few months ago in the book of the Nazarene. Messiah himself called himself uh, a fire, a, a consuming fire. And like fuller's soap, he's a cleaner. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto Yahweh an offering in righteousness. First Peter 2.5, you also as living stones are built up a house, spiritual house, holy, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Elohim by Yahushua HaMashiach. So reading this passage before, he's talking about uh, purify the sons of Levi. He's talking about, you know, the, probably the priests also to recognize that we're walking in a type of priesthood, a type and shadow of a priesthood under uh, Messiah. Zechariah 13.9 And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. And they shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people. And they shall say, Yahweh is my Elohim. 1 Peter 1, 3-7, Blessed be the Elohim and the Father of our Master, Yahushua HaMashiach, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Yahushua HaMashiach from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of Elohim through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried by fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Yahushua HaMashiach. Also in a like way, we know we've been reading this a lot, Sirach 2, which is... Um, 
also in part of the Apocrypha, it says here, uh, Sirach 2.4, Accept whatever is brought upon you, and in changes that humble you, be patient. For gold is tested in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. We're going to go now to the writings of Abraham. We're going to read the writings of Abraham, chapter 100, verses 1 through 3 and 103. It says now, uh, Mel- this is written by Abraham, I believe. I believe this is scripture. We've, we've read through this and tested this. Um, and this confirms everything we read in Genesis, uh, Jasher, the Targums, um, Apocalypse of Abraham, and many other witnesses. But it says, so this is, this is written from the perspective uh, of the pen of Abraham. It says, now Melchizedek was a priest after this order, which is the holy order of Elohim. Therefore, he obtained peace in Shalom and was called the Prince of Peace. And his people wrought righteousness and obtained heaven, for they sought for the city of Enoch, which Elohim had before taken. I believe this is talking about uh, Jerusalem, New Jerusalem. Separating it from the earth, having reserved it unto the latter days or the end of the world. For Elohim had said and sworn with an oath that the heavens and the earth should come together again, and that the sons of Elohim be tried even by fire, passing through or uh, not passing through the fire like we read about with you know the children uh, that were offered up to Molech passing through the fire, but coming through the fires of, of the furnace of um, humiliation through um, um, refinement. 103, and Yahuwah took me out of the camp and he said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you be able to number them. And he said unto me, so shall your seed be. This is Genesis 15 parallel here. And I said unto him, Yahweh Elohim, how will you give me this land for an everlasting inheritance? And Yahweh replied, though you were dead, yet am I not able to give it to you. And if you shall die, yet you shall possess it. For the day comes that the son of man shall live, but how can he live if he be not dead? He must first be quickened. And Yahuwah touched the eyes of mine understanding, that they were opened, and I beheld the days of the Son of Man. For I beheld him ministering unto my seed, teaching them the law, the Torah of Elohim, healing the sick, casting out devils, and doing many wonderful works. I also saw the Son of Man lifted up upon the cross for the sins of men. Wherefore I wept for the wickedness of man, which could crucify the Son of Elohim. Nevertheless, I saw also that he should rise again from the dead, wherein mine heart did rejoice, and my soul found rest in the knowledge that though I should die, yet again in the flesh should I see Elohim and dwell in the land of mine inheritance. For I saw also the days of the coming of the Son of Man upon the earth in the last days, when he shall descend with ten thousands of his saints, according to the prophecy of Father Enoch, and the earth shall be cleansed by fire." This is why I believe that one of the first things we see in the chronology of the book of Revelation is that Babylon is destroyed, which I believe is the area of the the Levant. And that's why I believe New Jerusalem will come down on a fully cleansed land, which will roughly fits the Genesis 15 borders. Then that would fulfill the promise to Abraham that that he would live in in his land of inheritance forever. Then all the then shall all the I'm sorry then all shall arise to stand before Elohim, both the just and the unjust, to be judged according to their works. Back to Numbers thirty-one twenty-three, uh, no twenty-four. And you shall wash your clothes on the seventh day, and you shall be clean. And afterwards you shall come into the camp. And Yahweh spoke unto El Moshe, saying, Take the sum of the prey that was taken, both of man and of beast, you and Eleazar the priest, and the chief fathers of the assembly, and divide the prey into two parts, between them that took war upon them, who went out to battle, and between all the assembly. 
and levy a tribute unto Yahuwah of the men of war which out, went out to battle, one soul of five hundred, both of the persons, and of the cattle, and of the asses, and of the sheep. Take it of their half, and give it unto Eliezer the priest, for a heave offering of Yahuwah. And of the children of Yashrael's half, you shall take one portion of fifty, of the persons, of the cattle, of the asses, and of the flocks, of all manner of beasts, and give them unto the Leviim, which guard the watch of the tabernacle of Yahuwah. And Moshe and Eliezer the priest did as Yahuwah commanded Moshe. And the booty, being the rest of the prey which the men of war had caught, was six hundred thousand and seventy thousand and five hundred sheep. That's a, so much. And threescore and twelve thousand cattle, and threescore and one thousand asses, and thirty-two thousand purses in all, persons in all, of women that had not known man by lying with him. And the half, which was the portion of them that went out to war, was in number three hundred thousand and seven and thirty thousand and five hundred sheep. And Yahweh's tribute of the sheep was six hundred and threescore and fifteen. And the cattle were thirty and six thousand, of which Yahweh's tribute was threescore and twelve. And the asses were thirty thousand and five hundred, of which Yahweh's tribute was threescore and one. And the persons were sixteen thousand, of which Yahweh's tribute was thirty and two persons. And Moshe gave the tribute, which was Yahweh's heave offering, unto Eliezer the priest, as Yahweh commanded Moshe. And of the children of Yashrael's half, which Moshe divided from the men that warred, now the half that pertained unto the assembly was three hundred thousand and thirty thousand and seven thousand and five hundred sheep, and thirty and six thousand cattle, and thirty thousand asses, and five hundred and sixteen thousand persons. Whew. Even of the children of Yashrael's half, Moshe took one portion of fifty, both of man and beast, and gave them unto the Levites, which did guard the watch of the tabernacle of Yahuwah, as Yahuwah commanded Moshe. Now the officers which were over the thousands of the host, the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, came near unto El Moshe. And they said unto El Moshe, Your servants have taken the sum of the men of war which are under, under our charge, and there lacks not one man of us. We have therefore brought an oblation for Yahuwah, what every man has gotten, of jewels, of gold, chains, and bracelets, rings, earrings, and tablets, to make an atonement for our souls before Yahuwah. And Moshe and Eliezer took the uh, the priest took the gold of them, even all wrought jewels, and all the gold of the offering that they offered up unto Yahuwah of the captains of the thousands and of the captains of hundreds was sixteen thousand seven hundred and fifty shekels. For the men of war had taken spoil every man for himself. And Moshe and Eliezer the priest took the gold of the captains of thousands and of the hundreds and brought it unto the tabernacle of the assembly for a memorial for the children of Yashrael before Yahuwah. This passage here reminded me another good um, another good reading. Um, actually, let's just read this. It's a little section, First Samuel thirty. Little story here. We see so we see here that even all the people that didn't go to war got you know portions of of this. There's so much, so much abundance. So um, this is First Samuel thirty twenty one through thirty one. Um, what happened before here is David and his men went out, and all their family and, and their children were all in a place called Zik, Ziklag, I think. Um, and I think the Amalekites came and basically took all the, all their wives and children captive and, uh, David and them, they, uh, they found out where they were. They, um, destroyed all of them, got the, all their family back. Not one was missing. And they also took a bunch of plunder back and watch this. This is just a, this, I think this is the heart of Yah and we know man, David's a man after Yah's own heart. This is just a, a great example. So when David came to the 200 men who were too exhausted to follow David, so these 200 men, they were too exhausted, they couldn't go to the battle, and they stayed back with the gear. So when David came to the 200 men who were too exhausted to follow David, 
and had been left behind at the brook Besor. And they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. Then David approached the people and greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men among those who went with David said, Since they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoils that we have recovered, except to every man his wife and his children, so that they may lead them away and leave. But David said, You must not do so, my brothers, with what Yahuwah has given us, for he has protected us and handed over to us the band of raiders that came against us. And who will listen to you in this matter? For as is the share of the one who goes down into the battle, so shall be the share of the one who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. So it has been from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance in Israel to this day. Now when David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoils to the elders of Judah, to his friends, saying, Behold, a gift for you from the spoils of the enemies to Yahuwah, uh, spoils of the enemy of Yahuwah, to those who were in Bethel, to those who were in Ramoth and the Negev, to those who were in Jatir, to those who were in Aroer, to those who were in Siphthmoth, to those who were in Estholoma, to those who were in Rakal, to those who were in the cities of the Jeremielites, to those who were in the cities of the Kenites, to those who were in Horma, and to those who were in Bor Ashan, to those who were in Atach, to those who were in Hebron, and to all the places where David himself and his men walked. That's a giving man. That's a generous man. So, all right, last chapter, 32. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Yaazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke unto Moshe and to Eleazar the priest and unto the princes of the assembly, saying, Ataroth and Divon and Yaazer and Nimrah and Heshbon and Elae and Sevam and Nebu and Beon, even the country which Yahweh smote before the assembly of Yashrael is a land for cattle, and your servants have cattle. Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in your sight, let this land be given unto your servants for a possession, and bring us not over the Yardan. And Moshe said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall you sit here? And wherefore discourage you the hearts of the children of Yashrael from going over into the land which Yahweh has given them? Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up into the valley of Eshkol and they saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Yashrael that they should not go into the land which Yahweh had given them. Pause just to make sure you're on the same page here. So, um, so the children of Gad and, and from Reuben, they're like, hey, hey, this is our, our inheritance. Can we just hang out here and you guys just go into your place and we can just stay here? And so Moshe's like, what are you thinking? Like, don't you remember the 12 spies we sent over and 10 of them came back and discouraged the heart? So by you not coming over to war, to, to, to participate in the war, and you only caring for yourselves, like, what are you thinking? And Yahweh's anger was kindled at the same time. And he swore, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Mitzrayim from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore unto Abraham, and unto Yitzhak, and unto Yaakov, because they have not wholly followed me. Save Caleb the son of Yephunneh, and the Kenizzite, and Yahusha the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed Yahuwah. And Yahuwah's anger was kindled against Yashrael, and he made them wander in the wilderness forty years until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of Yahuwah was consumed. And behold, you are risen up in your father's stead, an increase of sinful men, to augment the fierce anger of Yahuwah towards El Yashrael. For if you turn away from after him, he will yet Again, leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. And they came near unto him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our little ones. 
But we ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Yashrael until we have brought them unto their place. And our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return into our houses until the children of Yashrael have inherited every man his inheritance. For we will not inherit them on yonder side of the Yardan or forward because our inheritance is fallen to us on this side of the Yardan eastward. That's the Jordan River. And Moshe said unto them, If you will do this thing, if you will go armed before Yahuwah to war, and will go all of you armed over the Yardan before Yahuwah until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land be subdued before Yahuwah, then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before Yahuwah and before Yashrael, and this land shall be your possession before Yahuwah. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against Yahuwah, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build you cities for your little ones, and folds for your sheep, and do that which has proceeded out of your mouth. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spoke unto Moshe, saying, Your servants will do as my master commands. Our little ones, our women, our flocks, and all our cattle shall be there in the cities of Gilead. But your servants will pass over every man armed for war before Yahweh to battle, as my master says. So concerning them, Moshe commanded Eleazar the priest, and Yahusha the son of Nun, and the chief fathers of the tribes of the children of Yashrael. And Moshe said unto them, If the children of Gad and the children of Reuben will pass over, well, I'm sorry, and the children of Reuben will pass with you over the Yardan, every man armed to battle before Yahuwah, and the land shall be subdued before you, then ye shall give them the land of Gilead for a possession. But if they will not pass over you armed, they shall have possessions among you in the land of Canaan. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, As Yahuwah said unto your servants, so we will do. We will pass over armed before Yahuwah into the land of Canaan, that the possession of our inheritance on this side of the Yardan may be ours. And Moshe gave unto them, even to the children of Gad, and to the children of Reuben, and unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, the son of Yosef, the kingdom of Sihon, the king of the Amorim, and the kingdom of Og, the king of Bashan, the land with the cities thereof in our coasts, even the cities of the country round about. And the children of Gad built Divon, and Ataroth, and Aroer, and Artroth, and Shofan, and Yaezer, and Yogbeg. Yog Beha, and Beit Nimra, and Beit Hanran, fence cities, and folds for sheep. And the children of Reuben built Cheshbon, and Elaeh, and Kiriathaim, and Nebu, and Baalmeon, their names being changed, and Sevam gave other names unto the cities which they built. And the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, went to Gilead and took it, and dispossessed the Amorite which was in it. And Moshe gave Gilead unto Machir, the son of Manasseh, and he dwelt therein. And Yair, the son of Manasseh, went and took the small towns thereof and called them Chavoth Yair. And Novach went and took Kenath and the villages thereof and called it Novach after his own name. So in, just in case you're new, what our, at least my goal is, is to read the Torah portions to figure out what we can literally keep in our day, in our day and age and being in a dispersion um, and learning lessons from this, both literal uh, physical, spiritual, figurative. So in this, you know, what really hit me was um, selfishness. They're like, hey, listen, this is our land. We're here. Can we just hang out? Listen, we just want to be with our families, you know, raise our families, and can we just hang out here? You guys go do your thing. And Moses was like, basically, it was like, is this just all about you? Or is there a cause here? And, you know, with causes, with ministry, with work with what things it comes sacrifices and so Moshe's like this is the right thing to do you, you need to make this sacrifice you guys need to 
you guys need to come and make war with the rest of your brethren because hey, they all helped you get your land. Now that you now that you've got what you needed, that's it. You're just going to balance on everyone. And that that's what I've seen. Uh, I've seen a lot of that in today's day and age. Once people get what they want, you know, they just it's they leave and just you know, I don't know. I actually I don't even get into it. Personal stuff. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, um, I think we have to recognize it's not just about just not just about us, um, not just about our own needs, our own desires, our own cares. That if we if we really believe that we're an assembly and we really believe that we're a family, you know, it, it takes the whole family to take care of each other. Um, anyways, I, I, I don't want to say more. I John 15, 12 through 13. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. And some people think that this is only talking about the extreme, like, Hey, you know, someone's going to shoot you. I'm going to jump in front of you and hit the bullet or, jump on top of the grenade so it doesn't you know that's that's not only i'm sure that that's definitely love that's literally you're you're willing to die so that someone else can continue to live that there's there is no better sacrifice than that but sacrifices you know for your friends or for your family uh, come in many forms and sometimes it's service sometimes it's just a hug sometimes it's uh um you know being there for them when they're down and um but service takes sacrifice and I think the point here in this Torah portion is that it's not just about us and not just about our families, but it's about the greater good. And to do that, sacrifices need to be made. And that's exactly what, the, what just happened in this Torah portion. First John three ten through 19 In this, the children of Elohim are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whoever does not righteousness is not of Elohim, neither he that loves not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. And why did he slew, uh, did he kill him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother abides in death. Whatsoever hates, whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of Elohim, because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has this world's good and sees his brother has need and shuts up his bowels of compassion for him, how dwells the love of Elohim, Elohim in him? That's like, you know, hey, I need help. Oh, I'm too busy. You know, I'm sorry. I've got just you know too much going on in my life. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of truth and shall assure our hearts before him. First John 4, 20 through 21. If a man say, I love Elohim and hates his brother, He's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love Elohim who he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loves Elohim love his brother also. And love is not just, I love you. Love is shown. Love is dedication. Love is sacrifice. Hebrews 3.13, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Romans 14.19, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. In short, it's not just about us. This life is not just about us. It's about sacrifice. It's about love. It's about dedication. It's about commitment. That's what's going to matter. That's what's going to matter at the end of the day. How often did he tell us to love and to serve one another and to love and to serve 
takes sacrifice, takes time. Jude 17 through 23, but beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before the apostles of our master, Yahushua HaMashiach, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Ruach HaKodesh, keep yourselves in the love of Elohim, looking for the mercy of our master, Yahushua HaMashiach, unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the, by the flesh. You don't think it's going to um, be hard? You don't think in this statement in verse 23, you don't think it's hard or it's going to take time or patience or commitment or sacrifice to pull people out of the fire? Someone's got to be willing to do it. Maybe it's time for us to step up. Maybe it's time for us to recognize that it's not just about us. It's about our brother. I showed this last year. Um, this is a really neat story. That guy that's like flopping around, he collapsed right before the finish line. And the guy that was on second place was like, man, you you, you were leading the entire time. It's not fair for me to win. So he almost got chased or beat by that third guy you can see there at the end. But he's willing to pick this guy up and let him get first place. Like that's sacrifice. And this is in the secular world. Where's the, where's the people of Yah doing these things? And there are some. But it's time for more to step up. The harvest is harvest is plentiful. Yahweh, bring workers, more workers in the field. Oh, Yahweh, please help us. In the name of Yahushua, amen. So with that, brothers and sisters, uh, that's that finishes up this week's Torah portion. I, I pray that might be a blessing for you. Um, Sukkot is coming up soon. We're going to be uh, celebrating from uh, September, the evening of September 30th to the evening of October 8th. But we're going to be camping from uh, the evening of, or not from the evening, we're going to be checking in starting on the day of uh, September 29th. And we'll be checking out October 9th, 10th. I don't know, ninth, I think. Anyways, I'll leave a link in the description box for more information. Or if you want to sign up, please don't do it on Shabbat because... Uh, requires uh, transactions. So if you want to come uh, celebrate the feast days with us, uh, be a blessing. We're going to change it up a little bit. Um, we're going to have uh, quite a few of the artists from Hebrew Fest come, and we're going to do kind of a rotation of musicians, and uh, should be exciting. But uh, if you haven't heard of our previous feast days, we rent out a beautiful uh, private 280-acre, 285-acre campground in Lebanon, Missouri, right on the river. It's just one of the most delightful places to be. Um and so anyways, would love to, to, to celebrate with you guys if you'd like. So um, with that, just want to say blessings and shalom to you and your family. And uh, Yah willing, we'll see you next week. Uh, let's pray. Father Yahweh, we just thank you so much for allowing us to study your word. Each week as we do this, Father, would you please just give us more faith and give us better understanding that we may be faithful hearers and doers of your word, bringing forth the fruit that you want, O Yahweh, because we love you and because you deserve it. And Father, we just want to honor you. We want to honor your son. Help us and show us each individually in our lives how we can better love our neighbors and how we can better serve one another, even if it's just in our own homes and serving our spouses better and, and our children, or teaching or instructing our children better, Father, because uh, we know that that's love. And we just thank you so much for your love, which you shower upon us and your grace and your mercy and your long-suffering, your gentleness with us. And may we have these qualities with each other. In Yahushua's name, amen. Hallelujah. Shabbat Shalom. We're going to do a song. We'll do Song of Sukkot because we're talking about Sukkot. We'll see you there. Shabbat Shalom. Mm -hmm.